Hello, this is William Goldsmith, and I am Ben's friend. (laughs) (laughs) No, I love that. (laughs) Hey, this is William Goldsmith, and I am Ben's guest on Big Fat Five. What is up? Welcome back to Big Fat Five, a podcast financially supported by Big Fat Snare Drum. This week's guest is the William Goldsmith. William has been a member of two incredibly influential bands, Sunny Day Real Estate and Foo Fighters, in addition to The Fire Theft, his current project Assertion, and many others. William's emotional and bombastic yet dynamic grooves have been in many previous guest top five, and if you listen to the show, especially recently, you've heard his name quite a bit. I could go on and on about his drumming, but I sort of do it to his face at the beginning of this chat, so let's just get right into it. I hope you enjoy learning about the records that shaped William into the drummer he is today, with a whole bunch of tangents that I loved exploring. The first track you'll hear is Red Elephant by Sunny Day Real Estate off their self-titled Sophomore Album, endearingly known as The Pink Album. Be sure to listen to the end because we play an unreleased track by William's upcoming album with Assertion. Let's just say the man still got it. So I love you all. Cheers. good at you at taking compliments i'm horrible at it but how how good are you um i i'm horrible at it but i'm better than i used to be because when i in my earlier years i had this really horrible self-loathing issue <laughs> so i think it was you're among friends that, here yeah my catholic upbringing maybe but uh <laughs> I, you know and uh so and now uh now it's just i i it it's i don't ever take it for granted obviously but um i just i just appreciate it and um having it go to my head is not in my dna so but i've gotten better at not being like you know what are you talking about man i you know like you know like i used to like get mad at people oh sure i I mean it's crazy as that is no i'm i like like i said you're among friends but i asked because how does it make you feel when i say these words and i truly mean it from the bottom of my heart that you are probably one of the most influential drummers in rock in the last 30 years. What is that? <laughs> How do you take that? Uh, that definitely hard to process. But the, I, there was this unfiltered element to my playing, and I was completely self-taught, just like an ADHD fucking like chaos nightmare kid, you know? Yeah. So, so um, there, there was a just completely unfiltered raw expression of humanity that was just not something that I was trying to do. It's just what I was doing. And so that that aspect is the only thing that I can think maybe. But then again, that's there's all players are like that, I guess. I don't know. So I mean, I don't know. But I um, yeah, I it's always weird because I'm definitely not a I'm not although I'm trying to be now like I've actually like since I started teaching, I've actually been trying to like Cause I gotta have stuff to teach, so I've been having to go and like get out of my own box, you know, and and uh, and try to uh, sort of expand my, you know, my horizons and sort of work on things that I maybe neglected. Or my thing before is I would never ever practice. I only played with the band. Mm-hmm. That's it. So I've gone away from that now, and now it's like I play every single day, uh, you know, by myself or. You know, now I practice most of practicing with the band a lot of times now is just like having the recording, you know, playing if you did do it to a click, that is, which is, you know, uh, or just playing to a click with the songs in my head, you know, stuff like that. Yeah. 
Well, I, I asked because, I, and I think I said this in the intro email that I, that I sent to you, but you have been on, so I've been doing this about two and a half years now, and you've been a lot of drummers. You've been in their top five. So I just wanted you to know that, and I wanted to be the one to tell you that. So um, I'm really excited to have you on because I want to get to know you more through the albums that made that made William William. But um, you've meant a lot to a lot of drummers that I look up to. So um, wow, there you wow. go, man. Yeah, well, that's wow. I, uh, I I can't process it. Well, that, that, that's you don't have to. I mean, like I said, that, that's why I kind of asked at first because I was like, this would make me like I gotta go by. Um, but I just needed to say that. But that Red Elephant, um, that recording, man, I there's so much going on in that, and I think that is such an amazing drum performance. I mean, so much of your stuff um, with Sunny Day, but especially that song just sounds so good, man. I, it's a, uh, yeah, it's a weird drum part. I, I, in the a lot of the stuff for the Pink Record era of things, like um, uh, I was going out of my way to try to rebel against i i wanted to do if anything was sounding too like uh i don't know almost poppy sounding sounding i would throw a, i would throw a totally. curveball at it yeah you know just because i was you know i was a little bit um i rebelled it i think too much to to a certain again degree. the catholic upbringing yes <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. but uh but yeah so we were broken up when we made that record so oh yeah so we had broken up but then we were like but well, let's do let's make this record and then do this one last tour with Shudder to Think. And and so, and uh, Brainiac was on part of it. And then uh, Soul Coughing was on the rest. But like, uh, mm. we were broken up and we decided to do the record. Nate and Jeremy and I went in and basically tracked the stuff, just the three of us. And most of, a lot of the stuff, we literally were just finishing writing on the spot. Like, mm -hmm. uh, like Waffle was just, we just totally wrote it on the spot. Uh, it's Garibay, totally on the spot. And then, uh, but five four we'd written already, and then uh, uh, Rodeo Jones was tra was tracked actually for Diary. But since we didn't have enough songs for the pink record, they just took that and put it at the end. <laughs> so uh, I know. hey, you know it so, worked. Yeah, Jannah had been around for a long time. Um, that's always been one of my favorite ones. And uh, eight was really old. <laughs> eight would like was really really old, and, and so we brought again before a lack of songs, we brought that up. So. And uh, Friday, that's right, one. So, um, well, yeah, so we were broken up and we did the record, the three of us uh, just tracking basics. And then uh, I think Dan came in after the fact. Uh, and then we did the tour and then Jeremy came and did the vocals for the record after that tour. Okay. And it was just him and, and Brad by themselves. So, yeah, yeah, weird, surreal. I mean, I don't know. Yeah, man. I mean, the band has definitely been had, you know, it's had some serious like on and off. But uh, man, you know, the thing about the first two Sunny Day records is I, I really if I could go back in time, I wish I would have recorded those to a click. That's all I can say. <sighs> I mean, obviously, that's your prerogative, but I think uh, they sound so good. They they spawned so many great bands. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. A little all over the place, but what are you gonna do? <laughs> you know. But that's the humanity. That's what. That's what I think is missing these days. I think it's. Agreed. Uh, yeah. No, I'm not saying that it. I'm not saying it should be like you know, like digitally, like altered to be perfect. You know, but just, you know, you know, little less shoe in a dryer kind of thing. <laughs> <laughs> nah. That's uh, yeah. We all have our. It just, it just depends on what I've eaten that morning. If I'm shoe in the dryer, or if I'm just like nice dress shoes walking down a short staircase, you know. Indeed, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Why don't we just start off with with the first one, with your first choice? Okay. So, oh man, I'll say the first one I'm going to say will be okay. So you know that Chicago record with them with like with the paint, and it's like they're hanging on like a. Uh, so. Oh. I mean, I love Chicago. I'm, I'm just not familiar with. I mean, most of what I know is like the greatest Chicago hits. But I'm yeah. To so think. this is called Chicago's Greatest Hits, but it's from 1975. It's got here. I'll show you. It's like white, and it's like someone's hanging. Like they're like almost like window washing or something. Yeah, like. yeah, yeah, yeah. That's the one. Okay, yeah, yeah, I got yeah. it. I got it right here. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. I thought they were painting. Supposed to be painting the Chicago. <laughs> I mean, thing. it's really small, so you're you're probably right. I'm looking yeah, at yeah. it from so, afar, but I would definitely. So I would say I'm gonna bring that in as the first one, and this would be from like I was when I was very, like I mean, like my earliest memories. Really. Okay. Is is there a certain song you wanted to play? Oh man, you know, uh, I'm gonna go ahead and say, 
Ooh. I mean, 25 or 64 would be, you know. Let's do it. A good one, yeah. I played that song at Pep Band a lot. That's a fun one with a little... Blah, blah, blah. All right, so I was the youngest of nine kids. Okay. So uh, all my brothers and sisters just were always making playing records all the time. This is some of the first stuff, like constant Chicago rotation, you know, all the time. So were you playing drums at this point, or was this just no? You were like, there's something about this that I really dig. Yeah, no, I mean, just it was. So I mean, I, it, it was almost like a soundtrack for me, and just I was a kid, and it's not like I was like, I mean, I liked it, but yeah. it was more just like part of the part of my silence, and you know, sure. <laughs> part of the part of the background noise that was always there, and. uh uh, and so I liked it. Over the years, I've I've come back to it and gone like, God damn, yeah. you know, like holy crap. So all the all the early Chicago stuff is just crazy. So do you but prefer yeah. this stuff over like the Peter Cetera later stuff? Well, yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. See, yeah, I still I, I still dig that stuff a little bit. I, yeah, drug- yeah, no, I, I like it. Yeah, no, I like it. But I definitely. But it's this stuff was like the you know this was like 1979. You know, yeah. hanging out as a kid. You know, like cruising around playing you know and uh but yeah and then around this same time have you ever heard the the musical version of war of the worlds no got the main singer from the moody blues he sings a bunch on it and uh and i can't remember the name of the guy who you know arranged the whole production but it's basically this musical version of the war of the worlds that used to scare the absolute shit out of me sure. and uh uh but it's really kind of tri- it's pretty cool and trippy but like uh I would just walk into my brother's room and see the record cover and I would freak out and run. But, and I would, <laughs> they'd put it on and I would listen to it, but like from a distance, you know, it's crazy. Bork's Drum Closet, Nashville's full line drum store. Celebrating its 40th year in business, Forks is independently owned and operated in the heart of Music City. Specializing in drums and percussion, Forks offers great discounts on all major brands and will beat any retailer's advertised price. From new and used equipment, vintage drums, and marching and orchestral instruments, Forks has something for every drummer. They offer professional rental, repair, and restoration services, as well as drum lessons. Stop by their storefront at 308 Chestnut Street, Nashville, Tennessee, zip code 37210. Or go online at ForksDrumCloset.com. All the information I just said is at ForksDrumCloset.com. So, and then another one that I would have to, God, man, it was really hard to choose, but um, I'm going to go, so Songs in the Key of Life also around the Oh, street. yeah. Uh, Stevie Wonder, definitely. And then as far as uh, the song, that song Sir Duke, when I was a kid, I really would get a kick out of that. You know, I know that. So, yeah, I, I, I wanted to be a drummer since I was five, though. Mm-hmm. So, and uh, my brother had a drum kit, and unfortunately we loaned it out to not his friends, but my other brother's friends and they never gave, they never returned it. It just vanished. It sucks because I would have been using that. It was an old Pearl kit and I would have been using that the whole time. But instead I had to wait until I was 13. I had to like spend from five, age five to 13 tell asking my folks like, look, I really want, you know, and they're like, ah, it's just a passing thing. I'm like, no, it's not. <laughs> so, they gave me a snare drum when I was like 11, and then finally they gave me a drum kit when I was uh, 13. And uh, yeah. But, so you were uh, only playing on a snare drum for two years? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I didn't barely play it. I mean, you know, I played on the marching band for like a, a week, but it was just like, you know? Yeah, totally. It was not, I wish that I had, that I would have been, you know, absorbed by some kind of drum corps training. I really wish, you know, I wish I would have, but it just wasn't. Well, there. speaking of that, I mean, I know, um, I know you took some time off from drumming, and then you recently came back with, with uh, your band Assertion, which we will play a song uh, from that in a second. But I, I know you. I've, I've heard you describe your drumming when in your younger days as you basically boxing with yourself um, and having a, a lack of technique, which I consider myself having the same thing. What is your relationship with technique these days? Um, kind of coming back into it um, with a, a different perspective now. Well, I had already started to adjust my approach before I stopped. So um, I was going through kind of a huge transformation already. But uh, so I uh, I 
I did about seven years of martial arts training, and that kind of acted oh, as wow. kind of like a cross-training thing for drumming, and I learned how to breathe. Uh, I uh, learned how to relax <laughs> more, you know? I learned yeah. how, you know, I learned how to basically pick my moments, you know? And because uh, before, man, it was literally like, hold your breath, hyperventilate. Hold your breath, hyperventilate, and just like, you know, like literally just almost self-punishment, you know? There's a lot of, I had a lot of rage. So... I had to deal with that. That was stemmed from, you know, like loss of loved ones. You know, my sister died when I was a kid. You know, it's all very heavy, but that stuff definitely had a huge impact and was the real driving force behind me playing because it was my only way of sort of like expressing these things that I didn't have any way to, I didn't, I, they were very difficult to process. Right. Sure. Yeah. So, so, uh, so yeah, but, there, but unfortunately it was, it was, it was a lot of rage. And so, the martial arts training helped me um, uh, gain balance, you know, and recognize the sacred anger aspect of the rage, you know, mm. you know, so and sort of like move to that away from sort of more self-destructive, you know, rage. So and, which uh, martial art was it? Uh, so it was like this, like Northern Mo Temple five style fist like Shaolin Kung Fu. Oh, okay. System. Uh, also, I, I, I like I stopped drinking, and it wasn't like I I was like okay, I'm gonna quit. Like through the training, it just it just disappeared. Oh, <laughs> it's that's the awesome! Weird, weirdest thing, you know. I'm not like anti-drinking. I'm not like sober guy. Sure. You know, but I mean, I was definitely I had a lot of anxiety, so you know, I would drink to basically make it, you know, get like peace from it for a few drinks, and then of course you want to stay there, so you keep going. Yep, absolutely. Uh, yeah, but uh, no. So ultimately, it was the martial arts that got control of the the anxiety and got me to and playing to sort of breathe, relax, um, and uh, yeah, so just relaxing more for sure. Do you still do that uh, martial art? Is that still a part of your daily life? Uh, no, I'm not in a. I'm not in the school anymore. It was just for like seven years. But uh, I've been thinking about doing it again. It's just hard to find the time. You know, and money. Actually, oh my right God. now, yeah, I totally. Yeah. Yep, yeah. I, I'm, I'm with you, man. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Before we move on, I, I, I do, I do want to play a little bit of Sir Duke. So, by all means, we can keep talking about the same thing, but um, let's sure, just sure. put put some uh, some Sir Duke in the background. Which I'm assuming, I'm assuming, I guess I don't know for this record, but is this also Stevie playing drums on the whole record? Yeah, I'm pretty sure. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, what's what's number three of fifty-five? I am gonna go. Permanent waves rush. Oh yeah, first track. When I was 13, my brother, Brian, um, who was really into music, he basically, he sat me down and he played record after record for me and took me through this journey, like that each record was. And that was like, that was the, that was the, that pushed things over the edge. And that's when I got my drum kit and I was like, here we go. You know? I can see the sound of, of the way you, like the way your, your drums to sound in Sunny Day. I can see it from this record for sure. It yeah, sounds like, super clean. Yes, yeah, it's sloppier though. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, but I mean, yeah, yeah. Neil Peart definitely was a big, yeah, big influence, and I didn't even really acknowledge that, even to myself, for a long time. And then I thought about it, and I was like, oh, well, gee, totally, you know. Yeah, it's sad that he's passed away, but you know, oh. he's probably, he's probably flying around. Oh yeah, he's in his motorcycle somewhere. somewhere. Yeah, 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 yeah. 
Yeah, but I mean, you know, and then the thing that happened with his wife and daughter, how they, they I mean, God damn, dude. I wouldn't even, yeah, I wouldn't even I mean, know it seems like he did the same thing that you did, is that he took horrible things and made them into, like, amazing music. Yeah, yeah, I mean, that's all you can do, you know. Yeah. Yeah, he was a big influence. Uh, pretty much him, Keith Moon, and uh, John Bonham were, like, my, like, they were my, they replaced, like, Wolverine and Spider-Man. <laughs> you know, when I was a kid, like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah they were like my new superheroes. You know. So you live in Los Angeles now? Mm-hmm. Okay, wow. Studio City now. I used to live, um, I used to live right above like Franklin Village, like La Poubelle, all that stuff in Hollywood. But now I live in, in Studio City, and it's so much nicer. It's just really? quiet. I feel like a human again. Well, that's good. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I've spent three months in Los Angeles when we were doing that, um, that finishing that fire theft record, and uh, I don't know. I definitely, I don't think I was in the nicer part. <laughs> I don't know. I just, I didn't like it there for three months. And that would have been what, 2002, 2003? Yeah, yeah. So we, st yeah, we started recording that record the day after 9-11. Oh, geez. Literally the next day. I know, it was crazy. Again, uh, taking a bad thing, making it into music, so. Yeah, 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 yeah. They would, it definitely affected the record for sure. But, um, but yeah, so, and then that record took a long time to make primarily because, um, Brad, uh, the producer, had like one or two other records that he had to leave and go do and then come back, you know. So, so I mean, it was spread out over like two and a half years, I think, pretty much. But it didn't take us that long to make the record. It was just we had to go and then stop and then start. But we that was the first time I'd recorded a record in uh, a house or my our house. We recorded it in Jeremy Nice house. Oh, OK. And uh, I was just like, man. I don't ever want to go to a studio again. You know, <laughs> I really like, you know, and that's where we record, we make our records here, you know, mm -hmm. so, or we track the drums here, some of the, some of the vocals and guitar, but then also Justin does them at home at his house too. And but is this yeah. like a separate kind of, uh, above garage thing of your place or where, where is yeah, it? Yeah. 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 Okay. It's another, yeah. It's like a separate building. It's right next to the house and yeah, it's above the garage. So nice. So you can play whenever you want, which is nice. Yeah, actually, uh, um, <laughs> no, <laughs> I have a neighbor who just has something that uh, she has a, a vendetta against some issue that is probably antiquated, but she's taking it out on me. Sure. She's been calling the cops constantly. And so I did additional soundproofing. I took decibel, you know, uh, readings outside and, and talked to the cops. I was like, look, there's the decibel reading. This is what I did. I'm within the law. So, yeah, I say, you know, you know. I was, he was like, 46 decibels, that's not bad. And I was like, I know it's not You're that like, bad. You're like, see, dude, jeez. I know. <laughs> <laughs> well, and yeah, and uh, yeah, you are a basher too. So um, it's, it's, yeah. I, I was going to bring, and I, I, so, so am I, so am I. Um, and <laughs> I did uh, Jason McGurr, one of the many people, oh. again, that, that brings you up in, in high regard. And he, 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 he told the story as, as one of his favorite things. Um, but that when you, I think you went in for a lesson with him and that yeah. you broke the bass drum head, uh, pretty quickly. And he's like, he was so happy. Cause he's like, this is exactly what you want to happen when William comes into your space. You want yeah, yeah, yeah. William to be William, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, no, I, yeah, I was, oh God. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, no. So I was having some problems with my, um, my arms. Uh, my, that was another thing is I, I was having serious physical issues. So I, that whole period where I was doing the martial arts, I was doing all kinds of stuff, trying to basically figure out why I couldn't raise my arms past this point, you know? And oh yeah. Yeah. So yeah, I went through a whole process to figure that out. But Jason McGurr is, um, one of the most profoundly inspirational and ingenious drummers, like in, of all time. I agree. Um, I was going to ask, is, is, is Quadrophania going to be one of your choices? <laughs> yeah, that's the next one. That's How did awesome. You know? you know, I got to do some creeping um, uh, <laughs> before I hop on these a little bit. So I kind of act like I know what I'm doing. But, oh, okay. um, but yeah, such a great record. And of course, um, I love that Keith Moon is one of your, one of your, one of your dudes. So yeah, so yeah which, which, rec which, uh, which song from that? Uh, oh, man. Oh, my gosh. I'm going to say, uh, is it in my head? Oh, that okay. one yeah. Perfect, here we go. I see a man without a problem. I see a country 
But man, uh, yeah, this record like was my. This was like my. We, he introduced me to this record right when I'm going into high school, and that was pretty much, you know. That was so my, you were a few years into drumming at that point. You were a drummer. No, no, no. So it was like right when I was 13, and it was right before I actually got, oh, finally okay, got a okay. drum kit. Yeah. I'm trying to think so, when did people start high school. I guess I'm, <laughs> I'm so I mean, removed well, so, from it now. I'm like, uh, yeah. So I mean, 13, and then, uh, and then, uh, yeah, I was going into high school 14, 15. So I mean, it was yeah. right before that. So okay. But just, but yeah, but basically, like all through high school, I was listening to that. You know. Yeah, I mean, this. he like encapsulates and personifies a teenager boy's way they want to drum. Yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah. it's like, why would you not want to be Keith Moon when you're 13? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But definitely, it's interesting, though, as as the years have gone on, I definitely, I still appreciate, like, you know, his, and, you know, uh, his influence on me, and I still, like, have things that I do that are kind of, like, you know, my own quiet tips of the hat to him. Sure. Uh, but uh, I've definitely, I found that I have a little bit more in common, I mean, I leaned towards Bonham as the years went on a little bit more, just like that, you know, uh, moments of explode, you know, exploding at certain moments, and then a better sense of pocket and groove, you know, like musicality to your con and consistency, you know. Well, that's the thing, yeah. Yeah. So, but consistently, sure. consistency. Going back to that that uh, Sunny Day song I played, I mean, your snare on that one, the way you hit that, it's like so. And I'm assuming that's all to tape. So that's, you know, that's you playing that. Um, very consistent, man. Yeah, no, I, yeah. I think I think it was McGurr that said something to me once. He was like, every time I hit the drum, it, I hit it as if my very life depended on it or something like that. And I, I agree like, with that statement. Uh, yeah, and I was kind of like, I think that's pretty much, yeah, that's pretty much how I feel. You know? <laughs> Sounds like it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I don't know. It's like it was my only sort of like way that I figured out how to, you know. It's weird, man. It's like having like that weird kind of like that I didn't even know, like the whole ADD thing. And a lot of people think it's bullshit, but you know, you could go ahead and scan my brain, and you're gonna see it's there. You'll yeah. see it. Oh, so, but it's it's a weird thing to, you know, to be living with as a kid, especially when you know it's essentially that you're either that you're told that you're either stupid or. <laughs> or you know or lazy or just not a good kid you know yeah and not that you learn differently so yeah so it was just weird so i mean i i figured you know shit i'll just hit these i'll hit these things and <laughs> i'll do i'm gonna play music but uh you know it's weird the first record that i ever bought was remain in light by talking heads i, I think i got really interested in um like my brother would tell me stories like about how what, what a genius david byrne was and you know, like a really interesting dude. Also, uh, people like, and also like Gary Newman. It's just interesting because they're like, there are two people I can think of that I just found profoundly fascinating. And and I couldn't quite put my finger on why. But they're hyper, you know, brilliant, talented. But it turns out that they're autistic. Oh. And uh, I had no idea. And uh, very interesting. But my son has autism. So it's interesting. But like... um but yeah, there's an interesting Gary Newman story that I'll tell you that's pretty bizarre, you know, like very interesting. Like it literally Gary, a Gary Newman story that spans from literally like the age of six years old to 37, I guess, whatever it was. Well, go yeah. ahead. Tell away. Well, OK, so this had a big impact on me. So when I was around six, I guess, years old or seven, maybe I saw Gary Newman play on Saturday Night Live and it just scared the crap out of me. <laughs> I mean, it was so, but it was intriguing, but it was really, I was just like, what is going on with this guy? <laughs> yeah. But, uh, but it, but it really, I, I just, it, it left a mark, you know, I never forgot about it. Then, uh, years later, when I was like, uh, 16, I guess. 17, I was watching this movie called Ergo Music War, and it has him, it has footage of him doing that song down in the park. And again, it kind of scared the crap out of me, but more so intrigued me. And uh, that became what I just became one of my favorite songs. And I just had this weird fascination with well, David Byrne and, and Gary Newman, actually. But, but Gary Newman, it was this weird, like bizarre, secret fascination of mine. I would like drive around and listen to like Telecon or the old Two Boy Army stuff. I don't know, man. I mean, it was like raw and weird, 
it wasn't like insanely amazing, but also the use of like synthesizers and stuff. It was just very, I don't know. There was just something about it. So then years later when I was um, in the Foo Fighters, Dave said, Hey, uh, let's do a cover. What cover do you guys want to do? And I was like, down in the park. And he goes, Oh, I've always wanted to cover that. And I was like, me too. <laughs> so we covered it. And then it ended up being on the soundtrack for the, that X-Files show. Mm. It's like, like songs in the key of X or something silly <laughs> like that. I know. It's a good so, <laughs> uh, so yeah, so we did the, yeah, that Gary Newman cover. And then, uh, and, um, and then after I left the band and when, uh, Sunny Day was, was doing the, how it feels to be something on touring, um, our booking agent contacted me and they said, Hey, would you like to go and see Gary Newman and not just go see him, but, you know, go and meet with him after the show because he knows about the cover and all the stuff like yeah. that. And uh, <clears throat> I guess like Foo Fighters had covered Down in the Park. I guess Marilyn Manson had covered Down in the Park. Vastly different versions, I, guess, I think. But um, but I think that it 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 didn't hurt him, I think, at the time. It helped people generate some more interest. So, mm -hmm. so anyway, so I went and saw the show and it was really cool. And it was awesome to hear him playing all those old, you know, all those old songs. And uh, And then I hung out and talked to him for like over two hours after the show and it was really, really interesting. He's a super nice guy and really, really humble and just felt fortunate to actually be able to be playing music, you know, again. Do you still keep in contact with him? Have you talked no, to him after that or? No, no. Yeah, it was just that one time. Yeah. But yeah. Does your son play music? Uh, no, but he loves hanging out. His little sister. So his little sister already, I don't, uh, so the little drums right there. Oh, awesome. <laughs> so she comes over and she plays with me or she plays while we're practicing she has a little you know and she's uh she's already gonna be able to play so hell I yeah and and she wants to so and my oldest daughter uh Arias, she plays guitar a little bit logan loves coming over and just hanging out and he just like hangs out and he watches and then he'll come and he'll just sort of hanging out hang out behind the drums and he likes just tapping the bass drum and he just taps the tom like that you know uh, yeah. but uh he's a navigational genius and oh, it's weird. Awesome. Like we can go somewhere once that literally I would need GPS to find again. And he, he, everywhere we go, he memorizes the landscape of where we go and how you get there. So then he goes to Google earth and I video screen recorded his process. And it's not like he's going and clicking on a history. He didn't have the iPad with him. You know what I mean? So he'll go and he literally will drive, he'll get on the road and he'll drive to wherever we went. And we'll, we will have been there one time. That's amazing. So, yeah. Yeah. So I've been like, God, man, what other superpowers are like lingering? <laughs> yeah, Cause exactly. I mean, that's, I, I mean, man, I would go so far as to say I'm directionally challenged. So yeah, you know what I mean? Like, it's really nuts. Like I've never seen anything like it. I told his teacher and she was like, really? I was like, yeah. <laughs> It's nuts, but he loves music. You know, he really loves music, but he gets shy about, you know, like I'll try to give him the sticks. He's like, no, no, no. He just kind of goes, like, you know. but he likes to sit and hang out when, uh, when I'm playing. But the only issue is, is if we're ever somewhere and there's another band playing and another drummer and they get up and play, it doesn't go well. Like oh. he gets very upset and gets very confused and doesn't understand why I'm not doing mm -hmm. it so uh, yeah we had a bad yeah we had a rough spot where we went and he came to a show with us where we were playing but we weren't playing yet somebody oh, else no. was playing yeah and he just he went ballistic so i was like oh man shit uh well yeah. yeah let's let's go to number number i guess six let's let's go rogue okay so uh no means no wrong okay you ever heard that band no Oh my God. This is why okay. I have the podcast is I want to freaking learn these things. Oh, okay. Uh, hold on. But there's a, there's a song called stock taking still to this day. Like these guys, I mean, I just, it's just never stops to blowing me away. Jeremy and I, in high school, Jeremy and I, we would go and see these guys a lot. When this record come out? 
Uh, 89, 90, I Yeah, I love like, it when you when you hear you're like a minute into the song, you're like, I still don't know where this is gonna yeah. go. You, you know, know, it's you know, it's so crazy. Okay, so 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 I w- I've talked about like Andy Kerr a lot, like you know, like and no means no, and then one day I was like, I wonder if he has Facebook, and then I like was like search like his little fucking yeah. stalker, and then I saw I found him, and I'm like friend request, and then he accepted it, and I'm like I'm all giddy, and then fucking uh, and then I, I get a message from him on Messenger, I'm like. Oh, <laughs> I'm like, well, and he goes, he goes, hey, William, how's it going? Uh, he, he was like, uh, my son and I listened to the pig record and the fire theft all the time. And I was like, what? Oh, my God. <laughs> what talking about? I was like, tell your son that his dad is the reason those records exist. Oh, you know, yeah. literally for everybody in the band, like no means no change their li- their lives. So. Yeah, man, just like so. What's cool, and we become uh, like friends. We talk, we talk a lot, actually. And like, he's awesome, dude. Really. Are awesome. they still making music? I mean, are they still doing things? Or well, so he quit the band. So they made one more record after this one called Zero Plus Two Equals One with him. And then he decided that he left the band. He he was one to mellow out and not tour. So good. For so him. then, uh, so they got another guy. And I mean, they're still great, but after he left it just was never the same you know like i mean they're all insane they're all amazing like and they still were amazing but um something about andy man i don't know something about him just the dude had like a weird that this fire you know what i mean yeah like there's not there isn't a word for it it's just this x factor i don't know yeah Yeah, there's a whole lot of tricks going on there like you could just (laughs) yeah you could use like four or five specific things on there could be like the like the sound check like it just play the whole kit and you're like oh this is going to impress someone just do something from that song yeah but angie's a guitar player oh that's what you're saying okay yeah 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 that's the crazy thing is he's a guitar player like that's what's nuts you know and singer you know they all sang but you know he sang a lot well sick I'm, I'm, i'm definitely gonna go down the rabbit hole with that record yeah. But um, I, all right. So one more, and then let's let let's play assertion, which is I'm I'm so stoked to hear more music from that. So uh, you know, I, I, I let's just go straight to that. Let's do I it. could just go over. Let's go. Straight to, to totally. That. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> all right. So let let's see if um it should be able to share this audio. So here we go.
You're such a good uh, arranger of parts to make the song interesting the whole way through. I gotta say, man, it's really fun. Because uh, you would bring back motifs, which again, probably uh, loving Rush so much, but that you changed it enough to the song was still a little bit elevated, like with the open hi-hat during that. Um, yeah, 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 yeah. It's really yeah. cool, man. It's really awesome. Um, but uh, yeah, no, I'm just, I'm really excited about this record. And uh, it's just, I feel lucky to be able to like come back to music and... Um, be have more respect for myself and and there therefore you know and thusly more respect for my instrument and the art and music in general you know mm -hmm. and um you know and it's more like uh just about expressing uh and uh, and documenting the human experience as opposed to you know just flailing and like punishing yourself over trauma you know yeah. so you know what I mean? So, but I've got kids now. It changes everything. Sure. The, everything I do now is for them. Music, whatever I do, it's all for them. So, always will be. <laughs> so, yeah. Uh, to go back to Assertion real quick. I mean, you guys, this would be uh, the second album. What's what? What does the future hold for Assertion? Like, what's? Well, we're gonna do this record right now. So it's um, it's just Justin and I. It's just two of us now. So, and uh. We're actually going to be uh, doing, we're doing experimenting right now with playing as a two piece and Justin using an octave pedal oh, to grab cool. the low end. <clears throat> We've also been experimenting with me playing to a click and uh, which I actually like to do <laughs> now. It's funny, you know, <laughs> uh, you know, you'd, you'd be intimidated at first, but now I'm just like, just somebody was saying, I don't remember what drummer it was. They were like, Man, playing to a click, it's almost like they're doing the work for you. <laughs> you know, exactly. it's like yeah, it's yeah. like here, this this is where you're supposed to be over here. But like but uh but yeah, so me playing to a click and then us having some of the textures 
you know, as you know, pre-recorded and back of course you know, coming through. But we're gonna try to do a marriage of both, I guess, and see what happens. So, but right now we're just a two-piece, and we experimented with that a little bit. We at first we were experimenting with actually having ju- the bass Justin recorded um, coming through, and then having that be the bass, and then me playing to a click. Yeah, but. You know, and uh, but we've kind of been opting for the octave pedal, and then you know the other textures coming yeah. through. Yeah, I do have I do have one question for you because um, it just seems like you work with really great people. So what do you? Um, how do you decide who to work with? You know, like what 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 is something that really pulls you to work with someone and take the time to invest in writing with them? Because obviously, like I said, throughout your career, you've picked really interesting and unique songwriters to work with. Uh, well, I don't think I I don't think it was ever a, ma- a matter of me picking them, uh, because plus me, I, trust me, I've been on a lot of terrible hardcore bands. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> no, I mean, no, I mean, you know, it's not terrible. It's just I know, like, yeah. Pro- protest rock but like um, sure but we uh i mean jeremy and i we you know we were we, we you know we were friends since he was 14 and i was 16 and you know um i liked playing with him because he was hyper talented you know uh but it's funny because when we were playing together we was in this hardcore band where like none of his none of his real talents were actually ever being like utilized <laughs> but but uh but i mean Dan and Nate had a- approached me and asked me if if I would play with them, and then I was like, "Hey, I've got this friend," you know, because mm-hmm. Dan was singing at first, and you know, it was impossible to find a singer. So I'm like, "All right, well, we'll just have Dan. will just do what we always do and have somebody scream," you know. Yeah. And uh, but he got better as time went on. But um, but then you know, I, we did an experiment where Nate was gone and we were a three piece with Dan playing bass and Jeremy singing and playing guitar. And that was a little side thing. And then that ended up sort of taking over and becoming Sunny Day Real Estate. We dumped like the 46 songs we'd written previous oh. to that. And then started with like six or seven new ones, which ended up being on Diary, you know, a lot of them. So, But with the, with like the, the assertion guys, I mean, was it just because obviously you said you had taken some time off? Yeah, yeah. So, so yeah. It, it was it was when I saw... So Justin had reached out through like Facebook and basically was like, hey, uh, I started playing drums, trying to play seven, so I just wanted to say thanks. And, you know, I you know Sunny Day was a really big inspiration. And I said, and that was nice to hear, and I appreciated it. And so then I started looking at what he was doing, and I saw that he taught music, and he also taught music to children with autism, which mm. I found, which really got my interest because with my son and everything. Yeah. And um, Justin also has a son that uh, is uh, also a genius and and is on the spectrum. And uh, yeah. And uh, uh, I think I kind of wanted to learn from Justin a little bit because I was like still flying blind, still am. Yeah. And um, but uh, then I saw Justin's band that he has with his two kids, Dalian and Lucian, called Pig Snout, and I just it just knocked me on my ass, and I was like, oh my god, what am I doing? Because literally i was hiding from i was hiding from that part of myself i was it was like i didn't even ever play drums i just and so my kids didn't know anything about any part of me like that mm. they, they didn't know and so i it made me realize that uh that it was it was a it was a tragedy that i was um not sh- that was the only magic i have to share with them and so I saw him doing that with his kids, and I was like, dude, okay, I need to rethink things. So the funny part of the story is that, um, so I was like, hmm, maybe they'll let me do like a second drummer and join their band. <laughs> like, yeah. So so I was like, hey, you, you ever, you know, what about like doing a two drummer thing, and I'll back up Dahlia and, or Lucian, whoever's playing drums. Yeah. And he was like, yeah, that'd be awesome. And so he asked Dahlia and Lucian, and Dahlia goes, no, it's, it's a family band. She was like, she was like, he's not, he's not a Taminga. So yeah, like, I mean, Sorry. good for her for holding you know, standing her ground, you know? Yeah. Yes, 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 <laughs> uh, definitely. Uh, I write, yeah, that's funny because one of their songs is called "Hold Your Ground." But um, you if go. you ever get it, if you ever get a chance, just look up "Tar Trap" by Pigsnout. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Actually, I would, I would play that. Actually, it's, it's awesome.
But yeah. And then uh, it was this stuff that I was like, man, I was like, this guy's got a cool voice too, you know? You know, yeah. it's just a very, you know, he hates his voice, but uh, they all do. Yeah. 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 But like, uh, what's interesting about Justin is he's, um, Justin has like these files on his computer. And one of them will say, like, one of them says, like, um, 270 something. One says, like, 306. Another one says, like, 114. Like, and they're all song ideas. A lot of them are hyper personal. He's been keeping to himself. And it's just like his way of processing. He and I, he and I, uh, as time went on, we came to realize it was really strange because like we had things in common that we didn't realize that we realized that maybe that's what we Mm. subconsciously recognize. Unfortunately, those things that we have in common are horrific and brutal, Mm. but nevertheless, it's just interesting. It's like, I don't know, but um, there's songs that he's done that literally he would never show anyone. And I'm just like, dude, uh, I don't know, dude. I was like, I understand why, but this is a really good song. Yeah. So yeah, we write, like we write stuff together. And then also there'll be times where we'll go through those files and we'll like, be like, yep, that's good. Let's build that. Yep. That's good. Let's build that. You know? So, I mean, literally we'll be, we can be, we'll, we will be, uh, there's enough there are until the day we die. Like there's just enough stuff to, to work with. It's just hell. Yeah. Yeah. And then we, you know, we're constantly writing new stuff all the time. So, we mm-hmm. so so we're almost done with the second record and then we already have most of the third record tracked too <laughs> so well what happened with the COVID thing is like basically couldn't do anything so we just basically just started recording and then just kept recording finished the first record still there's all the lectons so we just kept recording and we just kept writing so yeah so yeah so i mean we've got three and a half records written and then two and a half like that are yeah, two and a half tracks. So like, the second record is tracked. One song needs vocals now. That's it. And Jeremy's got to lay down. God, well, that's a good problem to have to have too much stuff. Oh yeah, no, <laughs> you no, can't I'm release stoked. it soon enough. That's amazing. Yeah, 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 yeah. No, I'm excited. It's gonna be an interesting uh, year coming up here. And that's the show. If you're listening on a platform that allows ratings and reviews, do that. It helps more people find the show, so it'll get bigger and better, and hopefully I'll have a chance to sell out one day. But you'll be an OG listener that can brag to all your friends. Anyways, why don't you go and check us out at BigFatSnareDrum.com and follow us on all the socials. Just search for Big Fat Snare Drum, and you will find us. The show is edited in part using Isotope RX Audio Editor. It's amazing, so go check that out at Isotope.com. And thanks again to Gunnar Olsen for the theme music. Bye!